All right, church, let's get fired up. How are we today? Good morning, good morning, good morning. So happy to have you guys here this morning. Let's give one more uh, thank you to our awesome band this morning. If that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will, because that was pretty awesome. I'm so grateful for our team and uh, all that they bring to uh, our worship experience. Uh, I want to say welcome to all of you today. Glad to have all of you. Got a lot of guests in the house today. Let's give a welcome to all our guests. Your first time guest here this morning, glad to have you guys. If you're watching online right now live, let's give a shout out to those guys. That's a lot of hand claps this morning, right? I won't make you hand clap too many more times this morning, but we are going to have a lot of interaction that's going on this morning, actually in this whole series. Uh, we are starting out a series called Team My Church. Uh, truthfully, when you think about teams, everybody's on a team, right? You're either on a family team, a club sport team, maybe you guys are on a real sport team, maybe you're part of the army team or the air force team, or maybe you're just a uh, part of the my church family team, or maybe you got like a boyfriend and you could consider that your team, or you go to work and that's your team, but everybody's a part of a team. So uh, we are kicking this series off and we kind of are going fairly patriotic. One, it was just 4th of July, but two, the Olympics are coming up. Anybody like the Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love the Olympics. I love all the teams of past. Uh, some of my favorite memories of the Olympics are, uh, I asked my wife earlier, I said, do you think anybody will remember this girl named Mary Lou Retton? Like, little, little superstar gymnastics person? She, she said, maybe. I said, well, I do, because I had a crush on her. But, uh, but, and then my wife said, well, maybe that kind of set things up, because she did gymnastics. And my wife said that she did gymnastics, so maybe that was kind of a setup for me to fall in love with my bride. So, Maybe so. Uh, how, how many of you guys remember 1992, the Dream Team? Basketball, got a basketball fans in here this morning? Carl Malone, the mailman, John Stockton, Jordan, Charles Barkley. They had Bird and Magic that made the team. They were captains that year, unbelievable year. Uh, how many of you guys like saying volleyball? I mean, you got, you got to give props to Misty May and Kerry Walsh. Walsh uh, phenomenal same volleyball players, but I mean, that's, 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 that's all like, you know, USA Olympic stuff, but you guys know, when you're talking about teams, you're talking about sports, there's something coming up in like 48 days from now. Anybody know what it is? We got a little college football that's going to happen real soon. Anybody, anybody college football fans? College football is coming right up. It's going to be here real, hey, how did, we got a deflated ball. I didn't, how did we get balls from the New England Patriots? That's wild. Anyways, so we are going to have some fun in this series, uh, and we're going to talk about the church, the church at large, just not this church, not our church team, but the global church team. And as we talk about the team and we look at what I believe God is leading us to do as a church, I believe our best days are still to come. Uh, some of you guys will connect because you're part of the church team. Some of you guys are considering being a part of this church team. Other of you guys, you just got drug here, and you're like, man, I hope this guy gets done fast because I want to go to lunch. I'm glad you're here too because here's what, I, here's what I know. In this series, not just today, I believe as we talk about teams and the big global idea of the church and where we're going, I think God's going to really put something on your heart this morning. I think all through this series, we're going to make reference to teams, but it's going to be something that's personal to all of you, even your own family teams. So I hope you guys will buckle up, and I believe this is going to be something that's going to be powerful, powerful, powerful for us today. Um, one of the things that I love when you think of sports is 
you know, the practice. It's getting ready. Uh, my son is, my, my son's a little athlete. He loves everything. Uh, he's always asking, Dad, what can I, what do you think I'll be best at to be a pro? Like, he thinks he's going to, he, he thinks he's got like six options. He can be pro in all of them right now. Like, he believes he really can. And I don't, I'm not going to tell him he can't because I want him to believe whatever he wants to believe and encourage it, right? Uh, he's like, Dad, can I, you know, can I play, you think I could, you know, out of golf, wrestling, or basketball? And I said, son, you're short, so let's rule out basketball, golf, maybe, wrestling, maybe. And she's like, you know, so we always have these, like, conversations where we're like, gotta, there's always someone out there practicing, J.D. You, gotta, you can't out, out, let someone outwork you. You got to outpractice, you got to outwork somebody. And we're always making statements. Here's one of the statements we always say. I've, I've, I've stole this from somebody, but we overestimate what we can do in a short amount of time. We always do this. We overestimate what we can do in a short amount of time. And we underestimate what we can do in an extended period of time. You know, some of us, you, you, you're kind of my personality. You, 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 you jump into something, and you're ready for it to mature right then and there. I'm ready to see the success. I like, I like progress. I like to jump into something and see it, you know, come to fruition. But oftentimes, it's not that way. You've got to stick it out. You've got to work through difficulty, difficulties. You've got to work through problems. So this morning, I want to look at this because there's, there's a word I want to give you today. Um, there's a word in Hebrews chapter 10 that when you look at this, this is going to kind of be the foundation of where we go this morning because I feel like there's a lot of us here today that need to have somebody say to you, don't stop. Lean over right next to you and pick somebody out and tap them on the shoulder and say, don't stop. Do that real quick. Just say, don't stop. Don't stop. Now, Whoever was your second choice, tap them on the shoulder and say, I like you too. You don't stop also, okay? Whoever your second choice was. Now, read with me Hebrews 10, 36. It says this. It says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will what? You will receive what God has promised. See, a lot of us, we've been going through life, and a lot of us have gotten to the place where this morning... You need to hear someone say, don't quit. Because you're right on the edge of saying, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just, I'm, I'm tired. I've been working at this, beating my head against this, and it's just not working. And sometimes we look at that and it, when it comes to like following God or trying to figure out God. God, are you actually there? And you've been trying, you've been working, but all of a sudden you get to a place where you're like, I don't see anything. And some of you today, you need to hear someone say, persevere. Don't stop. So I'm going to title today, Don't Stop, because I believe some of you are about to. Um, Joshua chapter 6, we're going to look at a passage today, one of my favorite passages. It's just just probably the coolest aspect of how I see God work with with us, with with mankind. And I love this passage because it, it just shows God's sovereignty like uh, him having the ability to like know the beginning from the end it shows his power and it really shows our deficiency like it, it really models for us especially people like me probably a lot of you guys that feel like I can I can I can get anything done and we jump out there and you're like uh-oh bad bad mistake I, I didn't I didn't have what it took uh, and so a lot of us when we get to that realization this is a great passage so in Joshua chapter 6 this describes how God's people had to conquer a land. Um, and if you know the story, you know that this, this was a land that God had promised to the children of Israel. He had promised the Israelites 
the nation of Israel, I'm promising you this future, this place, this land. And so this describes uh, the process where God's people have to go conquer this land, but yet they weren't in it yet. God said it's yours, but they weren't in it yet. So basically God had promised it, but they hadn't possessed it yet. I promised this land to you, and we're going through to get to that promise, but we don't possess it yet. And I think this, therein lies for us a lot of the, the, the tension with following God. I, I want to believe what he's saying. I want to believe who he is, but in the process of my life right now, it's not all matching up just right. So in Joshua chapter 6, this story begins as they are trying to right now get into the promised land. And they've been doing this for 40 plus years. So now in this last year, God gives some real specific information to Joshua and he begins to pass it down to the people of Israel. Verse 1, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred. That's where they're going into to do battle and to take over. So they're battle ready. The, the, the teams are ready. The, the focus is there. The purpose is clear. And it says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. They went around the walls of Jericho, and whenever, wherever there was any entrances, they barred securely all those areas. No one went in and out. No one came in. No one went out. And then the Lord said to Joshua, here's some specifics. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Verse 3, march around this city once with all the men. Do this for... Oh, wow, that was kind of weak. All right, let's, one more time. All right, let me just... So they did this for six days. All right, you got to remember that. That's why I want you to say it. Six days... Do this for six days and have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Let's practice that. Give a loud shout. All right, but not yet. You can't give a loud shout just yet because... Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. Now, if, uh, if any of that uh, jumps out to you, you may remember, okay, this might go back to a day if you ever did church when you were younger. I know many of you have not. We, that's what we applaud about uh, my church. Did you guys know this? That 55% of this church uh, had never done church ever before in their past. I think that's kind of cool. We're on target with reaching people who are far from God. And many of you have had your lives changed. But if you're like me, I grew up in church. And when I hear this story, I remember this old song that we sang in Sunday school or in church when I was a kid. You guys remember that whole Jericho, Joshua fought the battle at Jericho, Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Is that just me? Did anyone ever hear that song? A couple of you guys did? Yeah. It's a song. And so when I, when I sing that, I got to imagine if Joshua actually heard us in our era singing that song, uh, thinking about what it was like back then, he would say, no, I don't think so. It wasn't quite that easy. You know, we sing the song. We don't, we don't picture the 40 years leading up to, like, getting into this final promised land. I, I kind of visualize it like, here's this nice, easy task. 
Um, I forget about the whole 40 years. I forget about all the struggle, all the dilemma. We sing the song. We don't really put ourselves in that story. We think piece of cake. Joshua says, no, 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 not, not easy. No easy button here. This was long. It's, this was arduous. It was difficult. It was problematic. We lost people along the way. In fact, he, Joshua says that a whole generation quit and gave up. It says they didn't have the faith to make it into the promised land. So they left a whole generation of people behind. And we've got this new generation, and they've been, they've been struggling. It's been difficult. So this is no easy, easy process. You know, sometimes when we see somebody else's life or their victory or their success, um, it's, it's, it's hard for us to picture that it could have been difficult for them. Sometimes we see somebody else's victory, we we oversimplify the process. Sometimes I look at other couples and I'm like, man, their kids are perfect. What are they doing? And, but I don't see behind the scenes, right? We don't know what it's really like. Y- y'all probably think you look at my kids, you're like, you have no clue what goes on in the back scenes of my house, right? We see someone else get a job promotion and we, we oversimplify the, the process that they got there, right? We see an athlete and they're like, popping with muscles and we oversimplify how hard it was to work out to look like that or to be successful like that we just we just do that it's just kind of natural we think everybody else has got it easier because we only see what's on the surface right and when we look at our own lives we're like man it's just hard my lives it just it just work it's just and some of you are there today you want to quit so the question this morning i want to ask is why do we sometimes stop short what is it what are we focusing on or what are we not focusing on? What are we doing? What's going on in our head? What are we thinking about God or not thinking about God that causes us to just stop, to quit, to kind of end up almost there but not making it? Well, I want to give you three really solid things that I see out of this passage. There's several, but I want, to, I want to just give you three very big, very strong, very powerful. As we think about our church and where we're going, I, I want to say I believe our best days are ahead. I believe that, that, that we're just on the, on the cusp, on the precipice, on the edge of us being a great team. I think many of you are on the cusp of being incredible families. I think some of you men are on the edge of finally breaking through some of the junk that you feel like has been holding you back. I think some of you ladies, you're, you're finally figuring out what a godly woman looks like and how you can be that. I think many of us at work, whatever team, you're on the edge, but you're also, some of you are at a place where like, I just don't feel like what God is saying and where I'm at, my circumstances, my pain is all adding up to like, am I doing the right thing? Is God with me? Should I continue? Should I stop? So why do we sometimes stop short? Three things. Number one, you got your message notes this morning, jot these down, take them home, rethink this, study this passage on your own in the future. Number one, our perspective gets blocked. Why do we stop? I think it's because oftentimes our perspective is blocked, right? I think perspective is key in everything, right? If you don't have perspective, sometimes you can get lost in the minutiae. Sometimes you can, get, you, can get, you can get totally stopped if you're staring at your problems, right? If I've got to go a certain direction and all of a sudden there's this huge barrier in the way and I walk up to the barrier and I can't see around the barrier, Oftentimes, we can get lost in where we're going, and we can quick. So our perspective oftentimes 
can hinder us and cause us to stop if it's blocked. This is what was happening to Joshua and those guys. 40 years of that. And now, 40 years into this thing, God gives them some new information and tells them to do something totally weird, right? If, you're, if you've ever battled, many of you guys I know are here today. We have a lot of military in our, our church, a lot. 30% of our church is military. Many of you guys have been in battle. This, this is like the goofiest battle plan ever, right? We're going to walk out there and do a dance around a circle, around the walls of Jericho, and play some trumpets. Mm, that's going to go over real, real well with the opposition. They're going to quickly think uh, we're going to dominate these guys. So here's what's crazy about this. Uh, when I read verse 1 and verse 2, they don't, they don't quite match up. They don't jive. Let me read them to you again. It says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one went out. Verse 1 and verse 2 seem like they don't go together. Read verse 2 with me. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with the king and his fighting men. Joshua says, No, you say you've seen, you've seen this. I'm seeing the walls that we securely barred. God's saying he sees this. What I see is this because I'm looking at it. See, here's what's crazy and uh, unbelievable about God. Only God can speak past tense about a battle you haven't fought yet. Let me say that one more time. Just make sure we catch that. Only God can speak past tense about a battle you haven't fought yet. How big is your God is the question. How big is your God? Most of us tell God how big our problems are. God says, no, no, tell your problems how big I am. See, God's telling Joshua, I've already done it. You just now start doing what I'm telling you to do. Don't worry about it. I got this already. And Joshua says, I don't know about this, God. This doesn't seem all too bright. But he obeys. He starts to follow. follow. But how many of you guys can put yourself in this situation? You feel like, you know what? That's sometimes where I'm at. Sometimes I look at my problems. They seem so big. I feel like, I, I'm scared of my problems, rather than my problems being scared of me. I think God wants us to look at our problems and go, you better look out. You don't know who's on my team. I got God on my side. But just the opposite for a lot of us. So have you ever felt like what you're seeing isn't matching up with what God's saying? That ever happened to you? What you're seeing, your problems, the, the process you're in, the difficulty of what you're dealing with? Do you ever feel like it doesn't quite add up? This is what Joshua is saying. Everything's securely, securely barred as we walk around this, or we're going to walk around this. God says he's already delivered it. So oftentimes, our perspective gets blocked. Number two is this. Why do we stop sometimes short? Number two, our progress isn't always obvious. I think that's, that's, that's me oftentimes. I like progress. I like at least feeling like I'm making some sort of incremental process, progress moving forward. But sometimes you feel like, man, I'm making all this sacrifice. I'm giving. I'm trusting. But I don't feel like I'm making any progress. Check out these guys. So God tells Joshua to mark, march around Jericho seven times. So Joshua pulls the people together. They don't know anything yet. God's just talking to Joshua. Joshua's got this information. He's about now to tell all his warriors, this is the game plan. 
This is what we're about to do. And here's what he says in specific to the team. Verse 6, so Joshua, son of Nun, calls the priest and says to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark, Ark, Ark of the Lord. And when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. So they are, they're, 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 they're making some progress here. And it feels good to make progress. They're starting to walk, right? Some sort of walking progress, I guess. Uh, and then the armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets. And the rear guard followed the ark all this time. The trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, now this is key, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, and do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried out around the city, around the city, circling at once. And then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead, went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, there's a lot to read. He's just telling them what to do. Telling them what to do. First day you do this, second day you do this, third day pretty much looks like the same thing every day. You're going to march, you're going to trumpet. You're going to march, you're going to trumpet. You're going to march, you're going to trumpet, you do a little shouting. All right, but not till I say so. So on the second day, they marched around the city and once, and, and once, marched around the city once and returned to the camp. And they did this for six days. Let me ask a question. We've got a bunch of warriors here. What are these guys feeling right now? They're, they, they, they have been thinking about this, dreaming about this promised land, dreaming about this takeover. Finally, they got out of exile, but they, they got out of exile only to wander and to wait and to wait and to wait and to wait. Now, they're right there, ready to take the city. God tells Joshua to give out these instructions he tells them all these crazy instructions. You got guys carrying swords that are ready to walk into battle? And Joshua's, no, 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 no. this is going to be a little bit different, fellas. Drop the swords, pick up the trumpets. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. He's like, no, don't, don't ask any questions. Just wait till I tell you to talk. Just start marching. Just read it. That's what it says. So these guys don't know, leading into this, how many times they're walking around this. In fact, all they know is we're supposed to start walking and marching and playing trumpets. So these guys have got to be thinking this is just crazy. And honestly, it's, conf it, it, it's sort of confusing to me because if I were God, and that would be really, really a bad, bad, terrible thing. Because if I, if I were God and I've got these warriors I, and I would want to keep them motivated, I would, I would give them some sign every day. So like, so it's like on the first day, they'd be trumpeting, boop, 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 whatever they're doing, little army guys walking around, no swords. I would, I would, as they walked around the first time, I would let the walls crumble at least a foot. Like give them some, make them feel like something good's happening, just to keep them motivated, right? But no, that's not what happens. They walk around, nothing. 
Walk around again, nothing. Walk around again, nothing. Again, they don't know how long God has said to do this. Joshua didn't say it. God told Joshua, he didn't tell him how long, so these guys are just walking. So their perspective is blocked because of the walls, and their progress isn't obvious. They don't know if they're making progress at this point. They're just walking. They're just walking. They're just walking. And I think at this point, they're starting to question. They're probably wanting to go, Let's, somebody's got to talk to Joshua. Somebody's got to talk to this guy. He's, he's making us do this stuff, and we feel like we're just going on a walk. It'd be like kind of like Georgia Tech showing up to a football game and just showing up kind of like they normally do, and they're just like the band's here, not the actual team. Sorry about that. I, any, I don't, there, anybody offended by that? I said it last hour. I picked on Georgia, Georgia Tech. But, I mean, that's kind of what it would feel like, right? Here's your, here's your battle team, but they showed up, and now they're just the band, right? So these guys are, are frustrated. And I don't, here's how I feel like. I, I don't mind, and I feel like you guys are probably the same, same way. I don't mind working hard. I don't mind sacrificing. I don't mind giving. I don't mind serving. I don't mind, you know, giving my all towards something. But I need to see something happening. I need, I need, I, I like seeing some sort of progress to know that my, my, my pain has a purpose, right? I can experience some pain. I can be okay with some pain if someone kind of tells me why we're doing what we're doing and helps me see some progress. But not these guys. These guys don't have progress. I mean, they're just taking a walk. And imagine what that's like every night. They, they do the walk. They blow the trumpets. The guys are up above going, you're an idiot. <laughs> nice trumpet there, tuba boy, Right? Way to go. Way to go. We got the band showing up for battle. And then they go home. They're feeling humiliated. And they go home to their tents and, 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 and their wives. And I don't think they probably actually had their wives there. But for illustration's sake, let's just say they did. They go home from battle. They walk into the tent. And she's like, oh, baby, how was it today? Were you awesome? Were you the man? Did you, like, go straight up UFC on that guy or what? Did you kill a bunch of guys? Were you the best? And he's like, uh, well, uh... Well, uh, well, I kind of had to, today was just like preseason, baby. We didn't get to re- really get into it with anybody. So I didn't, I didn't like to like get flex my muscles or I didn't get to really get into it because, well, right now we're kind of just, uh, well, we're kind of blowing some trumpets, kind of setting things up. And, and she's going, well, tomorrow will be a different day. I mean, every day it comes back, same thing. Like, baby, were you awesome today? Well, uh, well, no, maybe it's the next day. So you know these guys are thinking, this is jacked up somebody's got to talk to Joshua. Have you ever thought about this? When it comes to our circumstances, when it comes to, you know, the times where we feel like I'm doing this and it's a waste of time and there's no progress, how often do you, would you say that your mouth, your thoughts, can become your worst enemy? Anybody? Anybody have some self-doubt? Somebody have some like, my circumstances aren't really allowing me to see where God's at in all this. I mean, my, 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 my heart's broke, and I don't see any way out. I got this struggle, I got this decision, I've got this dilemma, and it's just like staring right in your face. You can't see around it, you can't see over it, and you're just still carrying on. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Our mouths can oftentimes be our worst enemy. But notice 
the men didn't know again how many days they were doing this. Joshua did, so basically he got the blind leading the blind at this, pro- this point. Number three, why do we often stop? Number three, the process is open-ended. So the progress isn't always obvious, and the process is open-ended. Guys are thinking, I didn't sign up this to be a marching band. I signed up for this to actually go in the battle. I wanted to use my sword, but this is a waste of energy. How many of you guys have ever uh, done CrossFit before? Raise your hand. Got any CrossFitters in here? CrossFit's like this whole like, little world of people, right? It's like their own little thing. Like you see a CrossFit people, they use like code names, words about their workouts called WADs, right? WAD. What's a WAD? It's a workout of the day. The WAD basically is, uh, in, in a lot of gyms, they, they don't want you to know what it is till you get there, right? It's part of the tactic because most of us, if we knew how hard the workout was, we would never put our shoes on. How many of you guys realize if you just start lacing the shoes up, you can actually probably get to the workout? So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get back to putting my shoes on. That's the first step to actually get into the workout. However, the workout of the day generally is something that they don't completely want you to know about. So the gym that my wife and I go to, <clears throat> haven't been to lately, um, they've got a wide of the day. And oftentimes I'll call and I'll say, hey, uh, so uh, what are we doing today? Like, nope, you got to show up to find out. So, all right, so we show up. But here's the problem with even showing up. Oftentimes you don't know how long each thing is. So say like, you know, some days you'll do something really dumb and you'll, you'll, they'll make you grab like, like dump like kettlebells and you'll have to do 100 walking lunges, which they're like this, right? 100 walking lunges. And I'm like, how many we got to do again? And, you know, they don't, they don't generally tell you. They just make you go. And sometimes they hide the clock so you don't know how long you're doing something. Don't you know that's terrible, right? I can do something if I know how long I have to do it, right? Make me run as fast as I can on this treadmill, but tell me how long so I can know how long I've got to push how hard. So... The process for these guys, think about it, is open-ended at this point. They don't know. They don't, they don't know the clock. They don't know one day, two days, five days, six days. They're doing the same stupid thing. The guys are looking over. They're, they're going home every day to their wives, and they're just going, this is jacked up. So the question I want to ask is, why not have the walls fall down a little bit at a time? Well, why has God, like, got no clock? Why is God leaving these guys really no amount of how many times we've got to do this? And why not give them some motivation along the way? Why not let the walls crumble every time they walk around? I think the point is this. God doesn't want them, God doesn't want us to trust in our own effort or progress or abilities instead of trusting in Him. I think that's the whole point of a lot of this. It's, this. This is an issue of trust. This is an issue of faith. God wants to build their faith. Just think if they go one day. Just think if they don't quit after two days. Just think if they don't quit after the third or fourth or fifth. What happens when they finally get to the seventh day and they do it one more time? See, I think what God wants us to get, where God wants us to get to is he wants us to, he's okay with us getting to a place of deficiency. I think God always allows us to get to a place of deficiency for the point of 
dependency. Dependency on Him. He doesn't want me to say, I got what it takes, I don't need Him. Just the opposite. How many of you guys, whether you're the biggest, baddest dude in here, you've got to a place where you realize you aren't all that. There's always somebody bigger. There's always a task too hard. There's always a dilemma. There's always something, a wall too high that we get to the place where we realize, I need God. See, that's what's going on here. God's actually, behind the scenes, he's doing all the work. In fact, he's already done all the work. These guys think they're about to do the work, but God said, no, you're going to play trumpets. You don't even need your swords because I've done the work. See, God will let you and I walk around in a situation and think there is no progress and it's not working because he wants us to trust that he's working. So really, this is a, will you keep serving me when no one appreciates you? Will you keep doing what's right at work even when others are doing what's wrong? And it looks like they're getting away with it. Will you do, will you still show up when you feel like, it's not making a difference. Will you continue to give when you're not seeing a provision flow back? See, I think this. I think we would all work out and eat really, really well if we could see results as we ate and exercised. Like, I would eat broccoli every day. I would pop broccoli every day. Every time I popped the broccoli, I'd pop a new ab. Well, I mean, would you guys? But, I mean, we don't see, pro- I don't, I don't see progress like that. I mean, I would pop broccoli. I'd be popping broccoli like Tic Tacs. If I, bam, 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 popping abs everywhere. I'd snort cauliflower all day long if I knew it would help me get to where I wanted to go. But this is, this is the essence of faith. This is it. This is the essence of faith. Every, you know, one thing in the Bible that God says pleases him. You know what that is? Say it out loud. Faith. Faith pleases God. This whole story is all about God pulling in, leading in, leveraging in, getting your attention to come in closer to the God who is all-powerful. And he'll leverage your deficiency. I mean, it's not so bad that you're deficient. It's not. In fact, it's a beautiful place to get. When you can finally figure out you need help, and you turn to God all of a sudden, that's when it all gets going on awesome. That's when you realize, wow, I never knew what it was like to be a part of this team. This team. This is one powerful, bad, mamma-jamma team we get to be on. We don't ever have to walk up to our problems and be scared of struggles and problems and issues. Why? Because we have the God of the universe who loves us and we're on his team. It's like walking in and you're the smallest guy in the room and you got like 50 foot giant behind you and he's like, I got his back. Go ahead, touch him, see what happens. I mean, that's what this is like. This is this story of these guys walking around. You know what happens? They finally walk around. The seventh time they shout, it all crumbles down and they dominate. Nobody really knew that in advance. But because somebody kept walking, because that team stayed together, they did not quit. They got to experience God, and we get to, re- we get to read about it today. So this is the essence of faith. I want to close with this last verse. I'm going to have you read it with me. It's Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Let's stand together. Let's read it together. 
We'll read this together and this will be it for our conversations today. Philippians 1, 6. Here we go. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will complete it, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, I believe that God is asking us to complete the task. What task? I don't know. What has God led you to do? That you're on the edge and maybe one more step is the faith step. Maybe it's not quitting on your marriage. Maybe you're saying you get, some, of you, some of you husbands, you've been beating your heads against the wall. I, I, I doubt that. I probably believe it's probably more of you wives. <laughs> not to diss on the guys, but I, pre- I believe it's a lot of women's going, I want my man to take that step. I want him to start trusting you, God. And some of you guys are like, man, I try, but I keep falling back in the, the doghouse again. I just got out of it. I just blew it again, and now I'm like, I'm back there again. Here's the thing. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. You're just one more step away. These guys battled for 40 years, and they walk up, and in six days, they're so close, but they feel like they're so far, but they were so close. Why? Because God was in it. And some of you today would say, you know what? I don't know if God's in me. But here's the good news. We can solve that problem. Not we, but he. The great news is this. God's already done everything you need. He already gave his life and sacrificed his life on a cross and took the sin burdens of every man, woman, child on on the planet on himself and offers to every man, woman, and child in this room forgiveness and freedom from sin and offers all of us hope for all of eternity. And so my hope is to today, there might be a man, there might be a woman, might be a child here today that would say, I need Jesus. And I want to pray in just a minute. And as we stand, I, I invite you to say simply in your hearts, Jesus, will you be the leader and, from, and forgiver of my life today? Scripture says if we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouths, we will be saved. Work's been done. He already did it. We just have to say yes to what he did for us. And the rest of us today, I think God just wants us to go, yes. Whatever it is he's been leading you to do, 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 say yes to it today. God, I'm going to trust you for and I'm going to go for it today. God, I'm not going to quit because, because you're speaking to me right now saying my obstacles have been blocking my perspective, but I'm not going to quit. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your salvation. And I thank you for this story. God, I thank you that you, you did prevail. It's actual, factual history that we read this morning. God, all through the Bible, you showcased yourself through a people. And God, that has not stopped. You're continuing to do that. You're doing it through this church. God, you look at this church, you look at this church family, and you go, yes. Every time we take spiritual steps, every time we say yes, we advance forward. God, the influence of Jesus is growing because of people's faith. And I pray in this messed up world that we look at right now, we, we see this problems, we see the disunity in America, we see, you know, race is a, just a, like a terrible divisive uh, barrier between so many people. God, I pray as we think about our biggest problems, God, let us think of you so much bigger. God, let us never lose hope Never let us quit, God, because we have you. 
and you are in us. And I pray for the man, I pray for the boy, I pray for the girl, I pray for the woman here today. They would say, I need Jesus. And I pray that right now in, in their, in their, on their feet as they stand, that they would simply say yes to Jesus. Jesus, be my leader and be my forgiver. Save me today. God, we love you. God, I know that you've moved this morning. God, I know you've caused many of us to take some steps of faith. God, help us to continue. Let us bind together over the next several weeks of being a church, being a family, being a part of a team, God, because we know we win when we're following you and staying together. Amen.